0: Welcome to the Tap into Safety podcast, where Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder, discusses the latest research, reports and interesting topics to help health and safety, human resource and training professionals in their efforts to keep every worker safe every day. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today. I thought it might be a good idea to have a look at how you can best manage work-related psychological health. The reason I'm going to do this is because I think it's important because workplace mental health is emerging as a critical issue, especially since the arrival of COVID-19. Now there have been anecdotal reports that 80% of employees are anxious and suicide attempts have increased by 5%. Many are worried about losing their job or keeping their job. Many are still isolated, working from home, and of course, we're still concerned about the fact that we may catch the coronavirus. So, for this podcast, I'm going to have a look at the recently published draft code of practice from SafeWork New South Wales. The code is a welcome step to support the journey for organisations to provide mentally healthy workplaces. However, this is a really complex issue. Your employees need to learn coping strategies. To address stress and anxious and depressive feelings and they must know where they can seek help if issues become overwhelming. You need to look after your supervisors and managers who are also at risk because they're more likely to be approached more by their teams, especially through this crisis, because mental health issues are escalating and they need to know what to do. Under your work health and safety legal responsibilities, you need to ensure psychologically healthy and safe workplaces. When you do this, you contribute to the decrease in organisational disruptions and the costs that result from work-related harm, and you may also improve performance and productivity. So taking a look at the risks of work-related psychological health, one area where they are most vulnerable is in the design or management of the work that they do and the other is the way people interact with each other. So just looking at some examples of poor work design, they could include poor communication between supervisors, workers and others and this can lead to incidents of work related psychological ill health. You may also have employees working in extreme environments. For example, they may work in extreme temperatures, either very hot or very cold. They may also work in areas with high noise levels. They may have to perform hazardous tasks. They may be surrounded by poor air quality and they may simply have unpleasant working environments. All of these lead to stresses on our mental health. Now your workplace may also lead to high levels of physical and mental fatigue because you may require your people to have long working hours or work in shift work arrangements. There's also the issue of control and influence. When that is low, your employees perceive they have little control and have little say over how and when they do their work and when they can take their breaks. Low job control can seriously impact negatively on people's mental health. You may also have people who are exposed to an event or a threat of an event which could be deeply distressing or disturbing for the individual such as when they're exposed to verbal or physical abuse. Another impact on employee mental health is when you have poorly planned and managed organizational change. Further to that a lack of organizational justice and fairness where there is inconsistency bias or a lack of transparency in the way procedures are implemented and decisions are made and employees are treated all impact on your employees mental health. Where you fail to reward or recognize with positive feedback for good performance or you're unclear about your expectations, or you're constantly changing your expectations and the responsibility of the job, all of these have a negative impact on your employee's mental health. You also need to examine your management and supervisory skills, because when they're poor, that can lead to uncertainty about what needs to be done, what are the work priorities, and that leads to poor workload planning. And finally, when you have excessive work demands, which are sustained over a long period of time, or excessive effort that's required to meet the physical, mental, or emotional demands of the work, these impact negatively on your employee's mental health. The Safe Work New South Wales Code of Practice suggests that we should be managing workplace psychological health using the four-step risk management approach. Step one is to identify the psychosocial hazards within your workplace. You should note the nature and type of work that is undertaken by your organisation and the operating environment and pressures. You should endeavour to understand the interactions and behaviours between people at work and within your supply chain that impact your employees and others. And finally, you should look for trends of work-related psychological health complaints. You must also understand your legal obligations. And you need a commitment to the process from senior organisational leaders. You need to look at what your organisation is already doing to meet your requirements. And you need to consider how you will maintain appropriate confidentiality and trust and the types of communication that you will use. Step two is assessing the risks to psychological health. So you need to make sure that you consider both the usual work conditions and the reasonably foreseeable unusual operating conditions. Always assess tasks and jobs where psychosocial hazards and risks to psychological health have been identified. You should consider the frequency, which is how often and how long, and how severe exposure to the psychosocial hazards is, as this will influence the likelihood of harm occurring. Also, you should consider the potential short and long-term effects on workers' psychological and physical health and safety. You are assessing psychological risk just like you would assess physical risk. Ask yourself, What is the likelihood and severity of the harm? And determine a risk rating. Now that you've performed your risk assessment, the next step, step three, is to control the risks. You should use the hierarchy of controls to choose the highest level of control. Under our work health and safety legislation, Work-related hazards that present a risk to work-related psychological health must be eliminated so far as is reasonably practicable. And when it's not reasonably practicable, the risk must be minimised. Eliminating the risk means designing or redesigning the work, so the risk is no longer present. For example, you should look at the work demands and ensure that there is always enough adequately trained staff to do the work and set achievable performance targets. Minimising work-related psychological health risks means designing or redesigning the work and the working environment and substituting these with less hazardous alternatives. For example, you could monitor workloads and increase staff numbers during peak times, and you should allow more time for difficult tasks. Where possible, Provide employees with reasonable control over their work, for example, when they can take breaks to manage their fatigue. You should also increase the level of practical and emotional support during peak workloads. And you should try to minimise role confusion by clearly defining your employees' tasks, duties, reporting structures and performance standards and also provide timely and fair feedback. If the risks remain after you take the steps to eliminate or minimise them, you must then resort to the relevant administrative controls, such as safe systems of work, policies and procedures, employee management, supervision and training, to ensure that you meet the required workplace behaviours. These include training and policies on how to deal with bullying, harassment, including sexual harassment, occupational violence and unreasonable work behaviours. To effectively manage psychological risk, the administrative controls support the higher level controls of elimination and minimisation. Step 4 is your continual monitoring and reviewing of your control measures. You need to see if they need revising and whether they are actually effectively controlling the risks of work-related psychological health. You need to make sure that they remain effective. Where practicable, you need to reach the highest level of control. And if your control measures are failing, you need to look at them again, you need to revise them and need to come up with other measures that you can use to protect the psychological health of your employees. Now one area that you should be looking at is your training, because training is an important support mechanism to prevent poor work-related psychological health. And there are two areas where the draft code of practice suggests that you focus your efforts The first area is to equip your leaders, managers and supervisors with soft skills, as well as what to do to support the psychological health of the people that they manage. The second area is to provide training for all employees. You need to teach them effective coping strategies so that they can build their resilience. You also need to make sure they know where they can go to seek help when things get too tough. So now you've undertaken your risk assessment, you have your controls in place, you've got your training in place as well to help support your employees. But how do you respond to reports of psychosocial hazards? First of all, you must create a positive organisational culture which actively supports early reporting of problems so you can get this information promptly. It's likely investigations into psychosocial hazards and incidents will be sensitive and complex, and if you need to conduct a formal process, those undertaking the investigation should be competent, able to identify psychosocial hazards, and assess those risks, and recommend appropriate preventative and early intervention control measures. How you respond to work-related psychological health issues is critically important. Confidentiality, trust and sensitivity are all crucial to maintain a positive organisational culture and you should address these reports fairly and quickly. You must instruct your leaders, managers and supervisors to follow your organization's guidelines on how to support your employee's psychological health. This is particularly important if they are approached for help with a mental health concern. They should listen to their concerns without judgment and be careful not to try and solve their issues for them. However, if your employee is at risk of harm, they must ensure that they see their doctor or contact your employee assistance provider for immediate support. Your leaders, managers and supervisors need to be prepared and they need to pre-plan how to respond when an employee expresses a personal problem, because that makes it easier for them to deal with it if they're approached. 2020 is placing the spotlight on mental health as COVID-19 takes a heavy toll. However, many organisations struggle with where to start in supporting their employees' mental health and how to develop a mentally healthy workplace so to summarize safe work new south wales has developed a draft code of practice to help organizations to manage work related psychological health now the code uses a risk management approach to help organizations assess the levels of psychological risks in their workplaces they suggest several areas to use to assess to maintain good mental health and these include communication, the working environment, job control, job demand, organizational justice, managing change, management and supervisory skills, and expectations. Strategies that you can use to improve the resilience of your workforce include training managers and supervisors in soft skills, training your employees in coping strategies, Redesigning work during peak periods to provide additional support and developing policies and procedures on how to deal with bullying, harassment, including sexual harassment, occupational violence and unreasonable work behaviours. Taking a risk management approach to manage psychosocial hazards in the workplace provides a framework, one that we're familiar with because we use that when we're managing physical risk. I'd encourage you to adopt that framework as you move towards a mentally healthy workplace. I hope this podcast has been useful and thanks for listening. You have been listening to Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder of Tap Into Safety. If you would like to read more about this topic and other related topics or to contact them for more information, please visit their website at www.tapintosafety.com.au. If you'd like to hear more of these podcasts, search for Tap Into Safety on iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. Until the next time, we hope you keep safe and well.